Hello and welcome to Loose Women with <laughs> Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. Today is paper, we're doing Paper Tuesdays. Um, Michael, our topic today. Mm, politics. Politics. Politics right. gone wrong more so, mm. I think we're looking at. So politics go, have gone right in your case? Uh, have they? Well, that I or work left, in politics. Or left. Or left. Oh, oh. oh. no. Well, it's your job. Politics oh, it is page. my job. Yeah, yeah, job even. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into this, Mark, this is our last big pull, big sell. Big yeah, sell. Having a big pull here, lads. <laughs> Join in, guys, this Friday. Gory Little Theatre, 8 pm. Get your tickets from uh, paperchooses.com and uh, Paddy Blues. look in the bio. Link. Yeah, absolutely. Link in Paddy, Paddy Blues. Blues. And um, we've Basil, we've Spike, and we've Shane Byrne. And Fab and Flood. Fab and Flood, yes. And it's happening. And videos. Yeah. There will be cameos from lo local celebrities within our VT screenings as well. There will. There will. We can guarantee this. So you just have to do it. So now that we've got that out of the way and you've bought your tickets from paperchooses.com, let's talk about politics. Yes, politics has gone right. Uh, politics has done right, I think, Mark, when it serves the people. Yes. Mm. Okay. Yes. Now, what is the reason for politics hmm maybe to the state what is the reason for the state what is the state what is the state <laughs> i think the state is a basic function of services that if people fall in hard times in the state we have this left-leaning notion of maybe from social democracy arising from world war ii that the state should step in and support the less well off uh, through welfare and through um social housing and through health care and we have this positive notion of what the state can do and should do. And is that realistic, Mr. Mm. Dwyer? Mr. Dwyer. <laughs> you put the question to me. <laughs> I put the question to the chair. <laughs> is it realistic? I think it, it becomes ever expand, expanding. So everyone needs... But look, everyone has a need or sees that, oh, so-and-so should have a medical care and so-and-so should have this. And then it's just... But it, it all comes from a good place. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, the idea of a state is a nice one. Is there any <laughs> governments without a state, without a government? Is there any countries without a government? Well, that's a good question for Google, isn't mm. it? Mm. Um, but we're, we're coming at this from a very um, broad angle. When we were coming very, we were going at Russia, we were going to call out Russia. For what they're doing in the Ukraine for um this is you found the link courtesy of your brother Michael. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's where we were going with this. So we're not well, are we calling out Russia or is it just an interesting thing that has happened? Kind of like we were talking about on the Patreon with uh prophecies, if you will. Hmm. So, oh no, I get what you mean, yeah. So this is the plan of Russia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So this book was written in, it was publicized in 1997. The Foundations of Geopolitics, The Geopolitical Future of Russia is a geopolitical book by Alexander Dugan. Its publication in 1997 was well received in Russia. It has had significant influence within the Russian military police and foreign policy elites and has been used as a textbook in the Academy of the General Staff of the Russian military. Powerful Russian figures, free Free, uh, powerful Russian figures subsequently took an interest in Dugan, a political, a Russian political analyst who espouses an ultra-nationalist and neo-fascist ideology based on the idea of neo-Eurasianism, who has developed a close relationship with Russia's academy and general staff. So in the content of this book, 
uh, the book states that the maximum task is the Finlandization of all of Europe. So Finlandization is in quotes. This is a term they've come up with. So in Europe, this is the plan. So go on. No, I just want to delve into this. What do you think Finlandization means? Finlandization, I honestly, well, I can click into the link here. What I would think that it means is to go very far left as some of the, what's that area called? Norway, Finland. Nordic. The Nordic. The uh, trans. What's it? You are. I know there is a word for it, okay. but they've gone very left leaning. And I think that Russia's plan, what they're saying here, is to get them to go so far left that there's no coming back. Because to go too far on either side of the scale isn't good, mm. I don't think. It's, you can't know everything is black and white. I think there's a blurred line there as well in that, like, Finland is Russia. Uh, like, we, we have relied on Russia a lot for energy. And yeah. we've just thought that it's fine, or, you know, and we just go ahead with it. But now it's become a bit of a, a, bit of a problem. Yeah, the petrol has gone up, the diesel. Well, the pro yeah, but like we're still getting gas from Russia because we don't have gas supplies of our own in Europe. Yeah. So I think there's more to like not only get Europe to move left, get Europe to realize, get Europe to have a reliance on Russia that it doesn't even understand or know. How to? How to? Or be self-sufficient without Russia. Yeah. Or understand that it needs, that it might need to be self-sufficient. Yes. So here, here's the manifesto from the book. So in Europe, Germany should be offered the de facto political dominance over most Protestant and Catholic states located within Central and Eastern Europe. Kaliningrad Oblast should be given back to Germany. This book uses the term Moscow-Berlin axis. France should be encouraged to form a bloc with Germany as they have a firm anti-Atlantic, Atlanticist tradition. The United Kingdom, merely described as an extraterrestrial floating base of the US, should be cut off from Europe. So this was book was written in 1997, and Brexit happened, what, three years ago? Mm. So this is in the manifesto for Russia. Brexit was in 1997. Finland should be absorbed into Russia. Southern Finland will be combined with the Republic of Karelia, and Northern Finland will be donated to the Murmansk Oblast. Do you know what oblasts are? No. I assume there's some form of Russian area. Uh, Estonia should be given to Germany's sphere of influence. Latvia and Lithuania should be given a special status in the Eurasian Russian sphere, although he later writes that they should be integrated into Russia. Belarus and Moldova are to become part of Russia. Poland should be granted a special status in the Eurasian sphere. Romania, North Macedonia, Serbia, Serbian Bosnia and Greece, Orthodox collectivist East, will unite with Moscow, the third Rome, and reject the rational individualistic West. Ukraine should be annexed by Russia because Ukraine as a state has no geopolitical meaning, no particular cultural import or signif universal significance, no geographic uniqueness, no ethnic exclusiveness. Its certain ter territorial ambitions represent an enormous danger for all of Eurasia and without resolving the Ukrainian problem, it is in general senseless to speak about continental politics. Ukraine should not be allowed to remain independent unless it is cordon sanitaire which would be inadmissible. So there you go, that's a large part of why this has kind of come up now, mm. is Brexit and what is happening to Ukraine now. So there, it goes on then, there are more plans for the Middle East and Central Asia. So there was an interesting part here about Turkey. Uh, Russia needs to create geopolitical shocks within Turkey. These can be achieved by employing Kurds, Armenians and other minorities. So that's 
currently happening, isn't it? In Turkey, there is war, I'm almost certain. Really? I haven't looked into it. Yeah. And it comments on Russia or the US as well. The US. So this is another big one. In the United States, Russia should use its special services within the borders of the United States to fuel instability and separatism. For instance, provoke Afro-American racists. Russia should introduce geopolitical disorder into internal American activity, encouraging all kinds of separatism and ethnic, social and racial conflicts, actively supporting all dissident movements, dissident movements, extremist, racist and sectarian groups, thus destabilizing internal political, political processes in the US. It would also make sense simultaneously to support isolationist tendencies in American politics. Mm. So that is currently happening to a major scale. I don't think America has ever been more divided than it is now. Yeah. Uh, that's all this predicted, or not, well, not predicted, but like planned out in a Russian manifesto mm. by someone who is very close to the, the top of the hierarchy in Russia mm. and is influencing them. And these things are seem to be playing out of, of their own accord. Yeah. It's envisaged, isn't it? Like it's, it's, it's almost like a dream for this doohig, like for this reality to emerge. Yeah. Like and it, it, it has. It, and it has. Mm. But it's a bit foreign to us, like how, like, like we just have, don't really, I don't think we really care enough. Like, would you ever wake up in the morning, Mark, and say that a country has no identity of its own and it needs to be just demolished? No. No. You know, like, it is a perverse, well, to us, it seems a perverse view of the world that, like, we have to get rid of or annihilate a, a, an entire country, is it? Well, yeah. Well, it's not, I don't think the plan is to annihilate them for the sake of annihilation. I think it's the expansion of Russia. It's the globalization okay. of Russia. Yeah. Or the protection of Russia, of that country. Mm. Which we can't really understand. Well, maybe to an extent with the, our history here with Britain, but not to the extent that Ireland is going to be once global dominance or to be one of the largest leaders of political power in the world. Mm. So it's, I suppose it's not the same for us and we don't have the propaganda. We haven't grown up with that here. Yeah. So it's easy to say, I don't get that. How could anyone ever think that? But we haven't been in that situation. Yeah. Um, wh where do you think this, le or where, where is this? Or wh what, what do you think? Um, after reading that, do you think you have a better understanding of where Russia is coming from or what Russia is doing? Or? No, not really. No. I don't understand the why, I suppose. Okay. But I, I see that there is something, could be something, a greater master plan playing out in across cultures across the world than we think is just pure circumstance or happenstance, I suppose would be the word. Happenstance. What yeah. a great word, Mark. Well yeah. done. Didn't they think I'd make a mistake? Well, you were wrong mm. or they were wrong. <laughs> They were wrong. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, uh, so politics... Where, where yeah. in your view has politics gone wrong? Do you have any circumstances? Well, my whole big thing that I was going to say, Mark, was that politics is never going to be perfect. No. We are never going to... We are not... In our lifetime, Mark, there isn't going to be a leader that comes along and we say, yes, thank God we found him or her. That's what they're doing with Zelensky at the minute, aren't they? Zelensky. Zelensky, yeah. yeah. They are, I suppose. I seen a meme of him the other day and it was um, all the Marvel figures lined up in a hallway and he was like walking through. He was getting, uh, what's it called when 
the what's it called when guard of honor from all the marvel superheroes right Zelensky is like the leader of the superheroes okay yeah i I don't get that now well so it's like they're making Zelensky out to be a superhero superhero. yeah yeah as in, but was this organized by Marvel? Like, I, don't, I don't know if it was organized or just some loser okay. in his basement. Oh, like it was a video, a meme. Yeah, it was like a picture. Or... Oh, sorry. Okay. It wasn't okay. real. Like, it wasn't actually, oh, right. the Hulk okay. wasn't really there. But like, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like, he's talking to parrots everywhere and all that. Like, yeah, sure, it's... who was it? Amy Schumer wanted him on the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he has better things to be doing at the minute. Yeah. Like. I know, like, very play to him, but like, he's he's a human being like i don't I, I i think and the media loves this as well it loves well not to yeah it does love it loves like oh look at him he's, he's just great you know and just like oh look at how like there's articles going around about his green shirt as a symbol of defiance for the world that the world needs and this sort of thing just a sharp man yeah where people love to paint pictures of their own ideas mm. don't they and so look we do that's what we do but like it just seems uh, i don't i don't buy it anyway but sorry you asked why has politics gone wrong i think or where has politics gone wrong in your opinion okay can you think of an instance i think coziness with power i think that's and i think that's what has led uh yeah i'm going to really bolster my credibility here mark mm. i'm going to nod you to look at me over your glasses yeah there, and i thought yeah. that was good <laughs> We're in for a treat. <laughs> Alex Jones. Yeah. Like, he initially went mad because yeah. of George Bush. And we associate, uh, this is this was on Joe Rogan credited him with this, that, like, people thought this is a mad right-wing fella. But really, he just is so, uh, so obsessed with pointing out wrongdoing and something that just doesn't seem right. Yes. Do you, do you agree? Do I that, agree, yeah. yeah. That seems, that's his whole thing. Yeah. Like, so what was it that Bush, that he wasn't happy with Bush? Just the coziness of, like, the coziness of politics. Politics, um, there's, there's a fine line between collaboration and coziness. And I think that we need to open up more. And when we open up more, then we discovered that, like like what Naval Ravikant says, the, the first politician that agrees to wear... Uh, a camera on their head 24 hours a day to show their transparency, their accountability will do very, very well. Yeah. Yes. Because no one actually knows what happens. We just get this whole thing and, you know, a veneer. A veneer, yes. It's also politics can become a power game as well, isn't it? Mm. Like it's, there's a lot of leverage that people use that might not be totally ethical. Mm. So finding out information on people, using that against them, blackmailing, I'm sure, is big in politics. Right, like yeah, yeah, some, yeah. I have something on you, so now I need to get this job, or this will come about you, and you will lose your job altogether. Mm. And there's these status games going on constantly. Yeah, the layers. But I think this might be the elephant in the room, Mark. Mm. Politics can be quite boring. Yes, yes, for the large part. So that's why when there is a scandal, everyone loves it. Yeah. Yeah. But so polit no go on your politics. No, is I boring. just mean like you you only politics is only interesting for you, I think, w- when there is a big thing. So like politics there's only a certain amount of people and maybe there should like politics is not always exciting. No. Politics is not always filled with the drama and the like 
It's so, going to funerals and eating buns and shaking hands. Yeah. Putting up posters. Yeah. Yeah. But like Housing. In... Where's my house? <laughs> Imagine listening to that all day. That's what you do. Where's my house? But, um... Sorry, I might have to take that out, Shane, if that's okay. <laughs> um, so, because, of, yeah, anyway. Um, politics. Um, yeah, but it's boring because not only, like, there's humdrum of it, but, like, you're not going to... Rockstar's report isn't going to excite you. You're not going to get up in the middle of the night and know what stage the third motion of the third, you know. Yeah. So, that's, that's where... But I'm not saying that's your fault. Mm. I'm saying, I don't know how... If politics is to be exciting again, it has to be more than a TikTok. It has mm. to be more than, but it also has to be more than what it is in its current form of, you know, just taking place in, in, um, no one actually knows what, what piece of legislation, and maybe it's only a minor legislative change, and yet it takes up so much uh, energy in, in our, in our uh, legislative process. So I, I'm talking in big, I'm not really going into specifics, but I, I think that, uh, we're seeing more of a TikTok view of politics, you know, has to be short, snappy, like maybe a, a, res a response that just captures how people are feeling. And sure, look, maybe that's the way because politics is meant to capture how people are feeling. Um, so I've just come around and contradict myself right at the end there. Very good. Well, that's kind of come from Trump as well, hasn't it? The the whole making a show of it. Like it's the pol pol politics yeah. in America is like fucking... I'm to get me out of here. Like, yeah, it's uh, people want to watch to see what he's going to say next, what's going to happen, who's he going to outrage, who's he going to insult, yeah, what's going to happen here, and then it people's emotions get involved. He plays on the emotions, so then it become either so really far left or really far right, and then it becomes like this, just this conflict, and that's interesting to watch. Yes, but it's not good for the overall state of affairs. It's not good for peace within a country. Like, I don't give it. When was the last time we heard about the voting in Italy or somewhere? Like, yeah, you know, because it's that's just all it is. It's look looking after the government. It's not fucking the Redskins versus the fucking Seahawks or something like you know. Mm. Well, it's funny you bring up Trump. Um, the and how you mentioned earlier about the layers and the power games that are going on when Trump got in. That meant the lobbyists that had kind of been established there in, in Washington for like 20 years, they, Trump was not going to listen to them anymore. No. So, but what it all meant was that access to the president became the new lobbyist, you know. So if you, Trump would listen to people he, he knew or whatever, so all you had to do then was try and get to the, the people that Trump would be speaking with, you know. So it just, it, it kind of changed up, shook, shook it up a little bit. Leeches. Leeches. leeches fucking vermin and trump uh is the believe leader of QAnon. what people believe trump is q so q and non is oh, yeah q is a person mm. who has high level of information access in the cia and the fbi and he's leaking this in q drops you have yeah. door um in q drops so he drops information every now and again in like 4chan or somebody's Mm. sites or forums online and it could be like about the lizard people that are running the economy it could be about uh, international pedophile rings which actually do exist we know as we know with jeffrey and Ghislaine. Ghislaine i went to trial recently did she yeah i think she was found she going to get? guilty i'm not sure we may look that up um mm. yeah you can look that up yeah for a second um but, so yeah so what they believe is that a lot of q and on people believe trump is q 
or Trump was Q and he would have had all his information and that's like this big noble thing that Trump is doing and that's why the QAnon supporters are so in favor of Trump and that's why they stormed the Capitol when okay. Trump was impeached. Right. Um, yeah. It's funny you mentioned actually that, um, excuse me, um, does she still in the news? Uh, all right, but she's not. Uh, oh yeah, she, they refused a retrial, so there's not going to be a retrial. They were trying to get a retrial because one of the jurors had suffered from sexual abuse. Um, so they were saying that they spiced their view or whatever, but anyway, the judge struck it out. Um, you mentioned on the way up to going to Tim Dillon how um, QAnon, one of the first things that they re released was that aliens exist. Shout out to Lazy Gold, who have yeah. a song called Aliens Exist. Yeah. But uh, that's is that the case? Uh, I think so. I think what? No, maybe not. I don't think that was it. It was. Oh, um, sorry. Maybe I misinterpreted. I think it was the. These are people. Just lane. I think oh, it right. been the Epstein ring. I'm not sure, but uh, Q Q. So what then? Another thing that was sent to me by Michael was a post on Reddit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From a subreddit called QAnon Casualties, which is a subreddit for people whose family members have been lost to QAnon. Now, QAnon, these people are, uh, Tim Dillon described QAnon uh, members as some people who, uh, people with undiagnosed mental illnesses and some diagnosed. So there are, a lot of these people are insane. Most of them, probably all of them, all of the QAnon followers are a little bit off. So this is titled, this post, I survived the Stoneman Douglas sh school shooting and my dad is suddenly convinced I'm a liar and part of a false flag operation. So uh, there's a few edits here to start. So he posted it and had to go back and add some things to it. So important clarifications below because, well, I didn't expect this to go viral. I proved my identity like Vice clearly said, so fuck you if you think I wrote this because I think it's fucking funny. ID was required and non-negotiable and they made sure to confirm before asking me a single question. I know it's not the majority, but anyone accusing me of faking trauma to spin a story is a fucking idiot. This was literally just a quick rant that I thought at most would reach 100 upvotes. I never contacted the media and I obviously didn't plan or think it'd go viral. This is really fucking important to me because I wouldn't wish that what happened on anyone. I'd never make light of it and you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. You watch the interrogation footage and he just seems like a brain dead moron who's too fucking stupid to know what's going on. He is, but there's also a literal fucking demon in my house and nothing funny is a, there's nothing funny about it. There's a lot of people don't think that it happened that day, so anyone thinking I'd minimize that by making a joke that can fuck off straight to hell, go through the sub and you'll see what QAnon is capable of doing to people. They're delusional people trapped in a cult. There are literally anti-vax nurses. Brainwash is real and even family members aren't immune to that. But I know my situation is fucking weird and I really don't know what's going on with my dad. I'm trying to make sense of it all, but all I know is he's never been the same since the shooting. As for why this is a throwaway account, I'm not trying to get doxxed. Crazy, I even have to explain that. So here's the original post. Sorry if this is long, but I gotta get it off my chest. I think my dad has gone fucking insane. It's going too, way too far and I've been had trouble processing the past five months. He's always been very conservative, but now QAnon has consumed his life to the point where it's tearing our family apart along with my mental health. Back in January, he saw the video of Major E. Taylor Green harassing David Hogg, another student, about the shooting being a false flag operation. While my dad was already into Q, he'd never gone down that particular rabbit hole and now he's convinced that everything was a hoax and it breaks my heart. 
He's done extensive research on body language and claims he can tell the shooter is a radical, so extensive research is in quotation marks there, is a radical commie actor who was paid to sacrifice his life in order to remove our guns. He's questioning why they released the interrogation footage, if not to further deceive the, in quotes, sheep believing everything they see, end quote. He also says the trial will be rigged and the reason they're taking talking about the death penalty is to prevent him from ever talking just in case. Even burgundy colored t-shirts, in brackets, what he wore, makes me uncomfortable and he used to be so understanding he stopped wearing it around me. That person is completely gone and I miss him so much. In quotes, you're a real piece of work to be able to sit here and act like nothing ever happened as if it wasn't a hoax. Shame on you for being part of it and putting your family through it too, end quote. He'll say stuff like that straight to my face whenever he's drinking and wonder why, and I wonder if he'd ever say it if he knows what it does to me. It's bringing back so much of my survivor's guilt and I hate him for it. I worked on it for so long and now I once again feel like the biggest piece of shit for being able to have good days even when there are parents still grieving. I can't take much more of him berating me and purposely trying to trigger me to see if my PTSD is real or not. He's seen me break down and cry my eyes out multiple times which I never ever did before. Sometimes I wonder if he's hit his head or had a fucking stroke because I almost can't believe that it's the same person. What the fuck is QAnon doing to people? What's really fucked is that he, now, he knows I never want to hear about him or see his face ever again. I've been really clear on that and I always leave the room when he starts talking about it. I keep telling him to please stop but there's no reaction or empathy. I practically beg my mom to give my dad an ultimatum to get professional help or move out. She's really timid and hates confrontation so all she wants, all she said was to try not being as home, at home as much and wait it out. I have no idea how to deal with this. It's too painful, for, too painful for me to keep living like this. Hearing his name almost every single day and being accused of accepting money to be part of it. Even if my dad magically snapped out of it, this and his QAnon bullshit, I don't think I'd ever forgive him for putting me through this when I was just recently starting to do relatively well. So fuck him for that and fuck QAnon and Major E. Taylor Green for ruining my dad. Edit, even though I definitely feel like I don't think getting physical would do any good even though I've definitely felt like it, I don't think getting physical would do any good at all. I instead try to remind him to look back at the text I sent when I was 100% sure the shooter was about to enter our classroom. I ask him to look me in the eyes and still argue I'm able to fake what I wrote in those messages, but no luck. So that shows, that was a nice little lighthearted article about uh, <laughs> QAnon yeah. and what it can do to people. Tearing families apart, yeah. yeah. Um, it was funny, when I searched for QAnon and aliens or something, um, there's a, similarly a BBC article here now. I haven't really looked at this, but um, yeah, um, basically her this woman Nicola, her mother like started saying that like Beyonce and Ellen DeGeneres harvest children's blood for youth and energy. That's when she knew she was in a cult, a death cult. Um, so someone else thinks there's a government tracker on the vaccine. And then the attack on Capitol Hill, and then, yeah, so like best friends lost. So it really, this QAnon really has uh, uh, torn people apart, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I've heard about the trackers and the vaccines personally from people who think it's real. Like, did you meet someone in the sauna who told you this? No. No, I thought you did, sorry. No, <laughs> who told else? you? Oh, yeah, we won't reveal on the okay. podcast who it was. Mm, big namaste. Big Mara. namaste, yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, okay. well, what did someone tell me in the sauna? I don't know, it just seems like sauna talk. Yeah. It just seems like someone could come over and say within 30 seconds, yeah, there's a vaccine tracker in there. That should be a podcast, sauna talk. Sauna talk, yeah, yeah that's a good one. 
I met a good fella in the sauna there lately though. Shout out to um shout out to him. He works in Delgany Pro Shop. I love how, I, I do like when people open up in the sauna. They do, don't they? People love yeah. talking in the sauna. Probably because it passes the time quicker. Probably does. You're yeah. not just sitting there in yeah. the heat. And what do you do, Mark, in the sauna? Do I you? had a fella in the sauna, sorry for interrupting. No, 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 no. There was a lad in the sauna in Arclo once and he told me he was ex Iraqi military. Wow. And he escaped. He was in it for 18 years. He was showing me the bullet wounds in his arse and his leg. And he told me he escaped and went to America. And he became bodyguards for celebrities. He said he was very good friends with, could have been Will Smith, uh, Puff Daddy, <laughs> uh, Boys to Men. And he, he was saying he used to go out partying and drinking with the Boys to Men lads. Really? And he said he has a lot of secrets on people in Hollywood. Okay. That uh, he could be killed if he ever revealed. <laughs> and he wouldn't tell me, obviously. Uh, yeah, so that was... And uh, what brought him to our club? Uh, love, I think. Oh. So now he lives in Arklo instead of with Will Smith in Hollywood. Oh, very good. So there That's you go. Great. Now I didn't vet any of this information, so <laughs> <laughs> it might not be true. Oh, but it's a good story. Yeah. I like it, yeah. yeah. It's nice to yeah. pretend. That is, yeah. Sure isn't that. Life is an illusion. Reality is an illusion. Um, yeah, so politics, we can go on whatever way, but... We talked about politics a lot there, Mark. Is there anything else on politics that you want to share, get off your chest? Get off my chest. So you were a member of underage politics. You played minor. <laughs> <laughs> for Fianna Fáil. I always kind is of danced. That, is that real or is it like go-karts <laughs> compared to real driving? Is it like there were no ham and cheese sandwiches in the canteen today? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest... It's still very real, yeah. Oh, Graffina Fall. Mm. Very real. Mm. Like, as in, it translates. As in, if, if you were active in the Oh, Graffina Fall, you can bet your bottom dollar that person's going to be very active in Fianna Fall. Really? Mm. Uh, as we can see with our peace officer, thank you very much, sir. Um, <laughs> who is it? <laughs> he went from Fianna Fall Ogre, obviously, and got a, a role out of that. Yeah. 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 Uh, James was also in Oh, Graffina Fall. Now, were the two of you... On the front lines, battling the blue shirts. <laughs> no. <laughs> I said it, it's okay. Yeah, no, no, but still. Uh, but <laughs> I don't, I wasn't that particularly active. Like, I was uh, a social member and we got a pre-cock proclamation of Kevin Barry coming in. in but I think... Ke GA Kevin Barry the magician? Keith Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Patriot who died for Ireland. <laughs> and, sorry, anyway. <laughs> I don't know why I put the guilt on you there. <laughs> um, but, That's well, the Fianna Fáil came back. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, sir. <laughs> How dare you. Magician. He's a mentalist, not a magician, sir. <laughs> but I think I treated GA as my politics. Right. Mm. So you will pass the ball to that man over there. <laughs> He hasn't had the ball in four minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I was always on these committees, committees, and I was up in Dublin at Crow Park at a committee. And there was you were the pro of Gory at a young age. Pro Gory, yeah. I handed that over to you for Parallel a few years ago. Yeah, actually, politics. I'd say because it's power, because you think you're important or something, it changes you a little. Does it? 
when I gave up Promark mm. <laughs> for like a few weeks, I felt like, well, what am I? Really? Yeah. The PRO. So that's a public relations officer. Mm. So you were talking to the press when scandals came out. Well, there was never, <laughs> well, there was never any scandals like that. We did. I wasn't pro for any COVID shenanigans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. not that we had done this. But anyway, no. To be honest, the chairman, Nicky Stafford, God rest him. He was great at that. He mm. just he just talked to the people. Um, but no, like he'd be on committees for health and well-being initiatives. And actually, Owen Conroy said it best when when he said um, when we lived together in Meadowgate. He said to someone, um, you know, the way in school, Michael was involved in like all the bullshit yokes that like <laughs> they were there but like and Michael was there and he was you know he wanted to be involved with but, like he just keeps doing that with, <laughs> and it was only the pandemic stopped that and I was like I can have a life without going to committee meetings yeah and it opened up my eyes a little mm. I, so I don't know where this go oh yeah politics how it can be tied to identity and how you know that's that's why if you're in Augrafina Fall that is you and you want to keep going there to be the man yeah or the woman woman yeah <laughs> or whatever you want to be um. I love how you kind of refer to Owen Conroy as, as he was a poet it's yeah. like Owen Conroy put it best <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a philosopher of Owen Conroy himself and William Butler yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's very good um, so like what is the most meaningless committee you've been a part of oh what a fantastic question. What a fantastic question. We're going to just have to sit with this now and pause. Let's go through them. Build a bank. Um, build a bank. That was great. Cracked up. <laughs> I loved it. Such a notion. Uh, and what was your role in the bank? I was the manager. You were the manager? I had the power. Really? And who was the ATM? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had a team of six and I tried to put fire in their bellies, but I'd say now I put, I put a more, more than a damn tissue on them. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it was great crack. Yeah, you must have had some fairly well, young social innovators. That was a great one. I love oh, that one. Oh yes, what happened in that? I forgot about that. YSI. YSI. Oh, for our YSI project guys, we're going to be climbing Tara Hill. <laughs> Why? 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 Why YSI? Why? <laughs> and what did you innovate social? What? <laughs> We had a mental health project. In fairness, Eugene Cavanagh led the, led the trailblaze there uh, with Dave Hollingsworth, I think, and other women as well, but and Sinead O'Brien. But I, I kind of just rode in with them. Uh, but they did this Project Smile. And yes, I, all this is burned into my subconscious. I remember these phrases, YSI, Project <laughs> Smile. <laughs> what was ah, Project great. Smile? Project Smile was... Um, that was the, the project. It was a mental positive mental health campaign. And the thing with YSI is you don't actually have to do, you, you don't have to go out and change anything. You just have to raise awareness of sorts. Right. So they liked the smile in the square days or something. So that was just cracking the quad at lunchtime. And we take it for granted, but that was actually... What happened? So I think they like soul cookies or face painting or music or something. Like yeah. Just, just a bit of creativity and buzz. But the real bonus of it was was the jump for joy campaign so jim Again, french i remember this <laughs> this is like a, a a reddit post for you to like, you let it out it's all coming back to it's me all coming back, yeah. yeah so french's yeah jim french did jump for joy and this is where we got local people local 
just characters, local gory people, mm. and got them to get a picture of them jumping for joy. Right. So we got Jim French, even though he regularly has a, you know, a, although I take this back, Shane got a beautiful photo of him. I'm sure he'll intersperse it now in this YouTube video with incredible pizzazz and sexiness, as he always does. Yes. But um, yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, Jim French, great photo. So normally he wouldn't have a smile, jump for joy, big smile from Jim French. And we had a big exhibition in the library. Mm. And uh, again, I'm not taking any credit for this. Other people did great work for this. They got paper airplanes or got like hundreds of students to write down something that a positive memory, a negative memory and something, oh, something to remember about themselves or something like that. So three things then put them on a, a, a make them into a paper airplane mm. and then made these paper airplane uh, lines that lined the roof of the library mm. and it looked really impressive and it was a very artistic expression mm. that like we let these go. And was this just in transition year? Mm. Very good. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that committee. Um, what other committees were there? Um, I suppose the peace one just it didn't really work out. No, there was, wasn't much peace there. <laughs> Who else was on the peace committee? Um, well, like when it was in Gore, it was it was just this woman, and she kind of she was peace. She was Rosemary. Yes, I remember her. Mm. Uh, and we all held hands outside. That's right. Can we release doves? Can't all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, what was the point in that? What was the point, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> but was it, well, was it to make, at the time I thought it was to make the message that like, that the, the idea of Mahatma Gandhi, peace begins with me. Right. That if I am at peace, the world be at peace. Right. But it was all very well when there wasn't a world war going on. Yeah. <laughs> but to the majority of the people, and not just the peace lady. Mm -hmm. Going outside and holding hands was mm. just like, in the name of peace, we're going outside and holding hands. Mm -hmm. I get off class for 10 minutes to do this, mm -hmm. and that's it. I didn't get any great philosophical, philosophical insight from the World Peace Day. Mm. Did you get any insights from school in general, though? <laughs> no. Um, ah, I did, Jasper. Yeah, it was grand. We, um, it was grand. I had to do it. A necessary evil, I suppose, school was. Were there any moments, right? So, so no, I'm not poking fun at you here. No, no, what I mean is like the, you didn't get anything from those ten minutes outside. No, but what I'm trying to say is, were there moments in school that you you actually did gain from it? Oh, I'm sure there were a lot. Yeah, um, in terms of education or in terms of understanding, were life development, personal development. No, no. There's very, I don't think anyone has, gets much life understanding or personal development before they're 22. I don't think in your teenage years you fully understand, there's just a lot of mistakes and falling over yourself up until you're a certain age. But I don't think... No, no, I just kind of went to school and played sport and went every day and then came home and that was it. Hmm. But I wasn't looking for it. So I suppose by you being in these committees and things like that, you were you were looking for something more. Mm. And perhaps those people found that. Yeah. Hmm. These are big questions. I, I but I definitely became attracted to the idea of busyness. But like 
I didn't have as positive mental health in primary school and finding getting involved in all these things in secondary school mm. was a, a, a platform to a world that I didn't know existed and that's mm. I mean that with the most sincere of hearts mm. but um but are you you have you never been happier right now you're on the cusp of fatherhood mm. like what your happiness like well, of course you're going to have to say that you've never been happier right now mm. but like I don't, it's not linear, I know, but I, I have to say, I, I, could, I could not be happier now where I am in the world. And we think, and I know that this is at a time in late 20s where, like, youth is going to, youth is passing, but mm. it's going to pass anyway. Mm. But I don't want to be 14 or 15 or 16 again. No. You I know? love the way your hands are <laughs> going like this. In very good, the, the motion was, the <coughs> rhythm, the rhythm. The rhythm. You were in tune. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm the same. I don't think I've been happier than I am now. I think yeah. it's a good age to be at. There's yeah. still opportunity ahead, but there's lessons behind. You're kind of, you know, more or less who you are at this age. But there's still a lot to go ahead. You have a lot of things behind you. You're kind of building forward in your life at this kind of age. Mm. But you've already laid some foundations. So I think it's a nice stage to be at. I think I've had time to be here and be alive and have my life for a while to understand a little bit about myself. Mm. So yeah, whereas when you're younger, you don't, you're still finding out you don't really know who you are. It's very confusing. Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I listen to this mm. person? Do I listen to that person? Do I listen to myself? Um, can I trust myself to listen to myself? And then when you get to this stage, it's kind of nicer and people kind of show you a bit more respect. People value your opinion a bit more the older you get. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas before we dismiss younger people. Like if an 18 year old tried to tell me something about my life or what I'm doing wrong, I just brush it off basically. Mm. And it's not that I don't like that person or anything like that. I just think, look, you don't really know. You can't. You wouldn't mm. be that way. No, no, I'm just, I have an idea here and I'm going to go with it anyway, mm. even though it's close to your bone. Mm. I don't. I I haven't spoken to. The, I don't think I've ever spoken to Quiva Brown. But I think she's an incredibly intelligent young woman. True. Yeah. And I think that anything she told me, I would sit up and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. And, uh, just for you, this she's twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Turning thirteen. Turning thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Just I find that 13. freaky. Like, there's collect, shout out to Collect Kinsa. Her daughter Pippa. Mm. She she could run this country, Mark. Right. And she's twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Like she has. She has this. I honestly, but then she couldn't run the country because there's so much red tape. Or yeah. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, she's very, very, very. Um, she could run the Ogre country. Yeah. Ha ha. The younger country. It's all interspersed, isn't it? Yeah. If she runs Ogre well, she'll run the country well. Hmm. Yeah, we should have a younger, a country for younger people. <laughs> <laughs> the well, Isle of Man or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think actually there's an idea. Like, oh, Ty should have an island, like, yeah. and they, they spend the year in the island. Like, call it uh, the uh, one of the Aran Islands. We just give it to Ty's. There'd be some parties and everything. And although underage children wouldn't be great. Or no, we've had that before. An island full of underage children, sixteen-year-olds. That's we were just talking about Jeffrey and Jelaine. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh are you God. planning on running this island, Michael? <laughs> 
I'm sure Jeffrey said we should have an island full of 16 year olds. <laughs> this, this right here, this is paper choosing. This is paper choosing. This is it. In the messiness of it, the clumsiness and the, the crack of it all. Yes, and yeah. that's why you should buy your tickets mm. for next. I'm after, I'm after moving five times and Shanky's moving the camera. <laughs> your tickets for next Friday night. Yes, yeah. Do you know, uh, sorry, what, how are we on time? Also, have we another few We're minutes? We're not about, yeah, a few more minutes. Well, just on this, um, I think we are going to be freer on Friday night. Yeah, than the last show. Yes. Yeah. Because I was thinking back and we were talking and at the time that we were talking we didn't know what anyone in the black was thinking yeah we were just doing what we normally do and then it was only afterwards then well you didn't get the full taste because you couldn't go out but like mm. and everyone was saying that that surpassed my expectations so much mm. and like well if it if we know that what we do surpasses expectations i think we'll be freer and more willing to give less of a fuck to quote mark manson yes yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to this more than the last one. Now, I was looking forward to the last one, but I was also more nervous thinking would it go well. But now I'm kind of a little bit more the opposite. Now, there are some still things we still need to tie up a week before the show. Mm. But uh, yeah, look, it is probably going to go well. Yeah. Yeah, we, we can, can say, say that. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, like we have the looseness and the freedom of our two combos. We've Nylon's. Spike, Nile and Gary, yeah. <laughs> um, Basil and Spike, the boxers, and then we've obviously Flood and Fab. And we've kind of a raucous sense and a good head of hair as well, Shane Burns, <laughs> to, to go in between the, the two pairs. So, yeah. Um, <sighs> yes. Mark, it's great to have you here. It's great in my house. <laughs> well, I, I've decided that I own this. This is your couch, couch yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not going to live here as of next week, so. Oh, no, big changes. Big moving now, yeah, there'll be yeah. changes. Change of scenery for the, the cameras. Yeah. Are we, such a raw conversation. Are we going to, where are we going? Are we? <laughs> I think we're moving to the office. We're moving to yeah. the office. SHMHQ. Oh, yes. Very good. So we're moving down. Yeah, well, we I can't say, say where, but we're going to Barrow, are we? Yeah, we're staying in Barrow. Michael and Eve are up here. We might have to move into Glory, so it'll be a different. Well, look at that paper chooses. We don't actually know where we're bringing you yeah. next week's podcast. Maybe we'll do it on site in uh, in Clunager. We'll yeah. do it in, from a building site. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but is there any anything else? Um, no, I think. Um, think this has been lovely no we leave it there thank mm. you very much that's politics baby that's politics baby that's politics gone wrong <laughs> see you next week hey google play the star of county down sure star of county down oh, i turn my mic off before it ended but sure <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the what's it called at the end of the news where they turn off oh the shuffle yeah yeah and dogs sending off the bottles Very good, your mic is still on, so. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>